As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Wendy. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Heaven Podcast. Today, we're talking about hair. And when I tell you we found the perfect guest to chat about this topic with, I'm not kidding. So the guest name is Samaria Granberry. And not only is she a registered dietitian, she is also a certified trichologist and licensed natural hair stylist working in private practice in Memphis, Tennessee. This means she knows her stuff when it comes to hair care. It's all based on research. And she has a background, not only, like I said, in nutrition, but in hair science. So this all started for her when she had her own struggles with health and hair. And that got her curious about what the root causes were of her hair loss. She utilizes holistic nutrition and she focuses on all aspects of a person's life and encourages them to honor their heritage while pursuing overall health and wellness. Now, when I tell you the recommendations she made were life-changing for me and especially for my hair because I've been struggling with my hair, which we talk about in this episode. And one of the most useful things that she talked about was specific products that she likes and recommends. When I tell you after the episode, I ordered all the products that she mentioned and I've been using them because I'm recording this intro, I think three weeks after we recorded the episode, I've been using them now for three weeks and I love them. And I was very stuck on the other products that I was using. But even if you just listen to hear her recommendations for products, especially if you are somebody who has curly or kinky hair, this is great. But even if you don't have curly or kinky hair, you're still going to learn something because we talk about everything from how often you should wash or condition your hair. Does texture play a role in that? We talk about the myth of protective styles and how maybe those aren't as great for your hair as we're made to believe. We also talk about how certain medical conditions can have an impact on our hair health and whether or not our hair thins as we age and what can help our hair regrow, if anything. And then, of course, you know, we're dietitians and so is she. So we get into nutrition. So we are always asked about which foods are great for hair growth, but that's not our area of expertise. So it was great to have Samaria on the podcast to let us know what the science says about what is actually helpful for hair. And then, of course, at the end, we do a fire round with all of your submitted questions, including rosemary oil, does that actually help with hair growth, collagen, dandruff, so many different things. And then last but not least, she gives her brand recommendations and none of them are sponsored. These are all brands that she has tried and really likes. And now I love them too. So you definitely want to stay listening until the very end. By the way, because she mentions quite a few different brands, 
I'm going to have a word that you DM us in order to just get that list, but you have to wait until the end to hear what the word is. Now, before we jump into the podcast, I'm going to read a listener review as usual. This is by running 26.2 and they write, One of my 2023 goals this year is to listen to a new podcast every month. I found this podcast by a happy accident. Wendy and Jess are knowledgeable and real when they talk about food, movement, and well-being. If you're looking for a new podcast, just give it a try. I guarantee you will love it. Thank you for that really incredible review running 26.2. I know that all the podcasts these days are asking for reviews. So the fact that you took time out of your busy day to drop us some stars and a couple of lines, that really means the world to us. And also thanks to everyone who has been sharing our podcast to friends and family or to your community online. We have been growing month after month, and it's only because of all of you that we're able to grow this show. And we really appreciate it. If you have not already, please do us a solid and take two seconds to either leave us a review or if that's not your style or vibe, that's fine. You can just share this podcast with a friend. I mean, even if you do that right now, take a second, share it. We would appreciate it so much, especially someone who could use this evidence-based hair care conversation. Now, with that, we are going to jump right into the episode. Today's podcast partner is one of my favorites, and I know it's one of y'all favorites as well because there's a lot of AG fans out there. AG meaning Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I like to incorporate it before starting my day, and it really gives me a boost of energy before having my breakfast because I do like to wait a couple hours before eating, and so it's nice to have something to hold me down. For those of you not familiar with Athletic Greens, it's made with 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, and sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. With just one scoop, it helps me get the nutrients to cover my nutritional bases. I also get the travel packs, which are super convenient. And if you're wondering how it tastes, you have to give it a try because it tastes really, really good. And you just mix it in with water. That's what I do. You can also put it into your smoothie. It's really easy to incorporate. I'm all about incorporating habits that are easy, that you don't have to think about too much. And so that's why I'm a fan of Athletic Greens, because you literally just mix it in. It doesn't take too much time. I get my AG1 delivered monthly, so it's not like I even have to think about it. It just comes to my door every month. And if you want to give them a try and take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash food heaven. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash food heaven. Check it out. And we are going to get back to today's episode. So I wanted to start by talking about Just like basic hair care and what that should look like. Like, Mm -hmm. I I know there's a lot of information about how often people should be shampooing. I've heard, especially for people that have like very coarse textures that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be shampooing. Maybe you should mostly just be conditioning so that your hair doesn't dry out. So what does that look like at its core? Just like basic hair care. 
Yeah. Like I said, I was, I was one of those people on YouTube university, you know, learning from all (laughs) of the the influencer of what we should do. Like remember co-washing, everyone was co-washing. So I totally like understand that there's a lot of noise. It's similarly in the nutrition field, a lot of noise, right? Around like what we should do. But really for a a solid haircut regimen, I really think that less is more. So really kind of getting back to the basics of cleansing. So making sure we're having a cleansing shampoo. I like co-washing sometimes, but I think when we co-wash too often, we're not cleansing. It's kind of like washing your dishes without using soap. Like you would do that. And so in the same way, we need to clarify and really cleanse the scalp. But I do also understand how using some of those like harsher shampoos can dry out the the kinky curly hair. So that's why I always recommend my clients to use an applicator bottle, right? You know, the color applicator bottles with the tip on it. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So use something like that. So, cause if you think about like, you know, big Afro curly hair, when we're putting shampoo in our hands, rubbing it in our hands, and then rubbing it on our hair, it's not really getting to the scalp. It's really mm-hmm. more so, you know, we're putting it onto the hair. And so using applicator bottle can really get the shampoo to the scalp where it needs to mm-hmm. be so that you can really clarify and cleanse it. So I love a, I think a clarifying shampoo should definitely be in a regimen at least once a month, especially if you're using butters, creams, oils, things like that. You want to get that up off of the scalp on a regular basis. A good exfoliant can be a part of a a healthy routine to exfoliate the scalp, get up some of those dead skin cells. Hydration, so water, any products that contain like hyaluronic acid, aloe vera juice. I love that for hydrating. You want to make sure that scalp and the hair stay hydrated. And then as far as hair care, products that contain proteins can be helpful for repair. So if you're having colored hair, if you have hair that you're straightening often, or even hair that you are manipulating often, sometimes that outer layer of the hair can become damaged. And so using products that have proteins added back into it can, can be helpful to repair that barrier. So I think those are probably the some of the basics that you really want to make sure you're covering in a, in a regimen. So, Okay. That's very helpful. And I'm wondering, there's so many products to choose from. Yeah. A couple of things. So first you mentioned exfoliator. How does mm-hmm. that work with your hair? Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. So again, this, like you're going to want to use a, some type of applicator bottle and, and honestly, most exfoliating products for the scalp come in an applicator bottle. Cause we're not exfoliating the hair. We're, we really want to treat the scalp. And I really like to focus on scalp care because healthy mm-hmm. hair grows from a healthy scalp. And I think sometimes we just kind of forget about it because it's just covered up with our with our hair. But we really do need to focus on improving our scalp. So an exfoliant would look like it might have like salt in it or sugar scrub or um, any type of physical, any type of physical exfoliant. Or it might be a chemical exfoliant like salicylic acid or glycolic acid or things like that. So. I'm taking notes for myself because I really need all of this. (laughs) Okay. So, and how often should you do that? That will depend on the the scalp condition. So if someone has like a, you know, a seborrheic dermatitis or like excessive flaky flakiness on the scalp, they might need to do it more often, but maybe on average, maybe like once a month, you can incorporate that into your hair care regimen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about conditioner because 
sometimes I wonder, does it do as much as it says that it does? And also mm-hmm. how many do you need? Because it's like the leave-in and then the pre-leave-in and then the treatment and then the <laughs> mask. Like, what are your thoughts on all that? I definitely think that conditioners are an important part of a regimen, especially when we're using shampoos to cleanse the scalp. So they can be really drying. So you do need those conditioners to add back moisture. Like I said, if it's a cosmetic conditioner, add back proteins and things like that to the hair. So it's important to look at the label to see, okay, what, what's in this product? Is it mostly water or does it have shea butter in it? Or does it have, you know, different creams in it that are going to moisturize and rehydrate the hair? Do you need like so many of them all at once? Probably not, but it is helpful to have different types of conditioners in it for different times of the year. If you like, say, for example, if you just took out like a style that you had in for two months, you might need a more hydrating conditioner, a thicker conditioner. You know, during the summer, you might want a thinner conditioner, right? So it is helpful to have different ones to choose from, you know, in your product cabinet. But I wouldn't say you probably need all of those at one time, especially, I mean, especially with certain types of texture, it could be really weigh your hair down. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. One really quick follow-up question on that. So you mentioned shea butter and certain products. Are those products you want in your hair conditioner? I'm going to go back to the Diva Chan thing or Diva Chan, however you say it. Cause I've been, when I used to live in New York and even before (laughs) 20, 2000, I don't know, six, like I wrote an article and I interviewed the founder of Diva Chan and she talked about like, her thoughts on curly hair and how you don't want oils for, if I remember correctly, it's so long ago, you don't want oils in your hair care because then you're actually not moisturizing. If anything, you want the oils to coat at the end. What are your thoughts on that? Cause I know a lot of black people use all the shea butters and the oils, but is that actually getting into the strands? Mm-hmm. I've heard of that a lot. Like you don't want to use oils because that it does make sense, right? If we're using oils that are have large particles, then they're just coating the strand of the hair and then the hydration that you're putting on top of it is not being able to penetrate. So it does that does make sense. So I think that's when it we need to think about like the order in which we're doing things mm-hmm. and then how much you're putting on there, how often you're putting it on there. So you we would want to hydrate and then seal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might not want to use shea butter. It might be too heavy for your, for your hair strand. You might want to use it as like a treatment and then, you know, wash it out. But I do know, you know, quite a few people use shea butter and it's been a, you know, a tradition in African cultures for years and, you know, centuries. So I personally don't use a bunch of shea butter, but some of the products that I that I do have shea butter like whipped into it. I mean, I'll just usually use a small amount of it, like and definitely towards like the ends of my hair. Like that's not something you really want on your scalp. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know we always talk about the benefits of regular blood testing to know where you stand health-wise. And that's why I'm super excited to announce this week's sponsor, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source 
your body. By using data from your blood, DNA, and fitness trackers, Inside Tracker gives you personalized and science-backed recommendations on all the things you can do to optimize your health. They'll tell you about food, supplements, workouts, and lifestyle choices, including ways to improve your sleep and stress levels. Inside Tracker tests and provides optimal ranges for over 40 biomarkers, including magnesium, vitamin D, testosterone, cortisol, and ferritin, which is the storage form of iron. The thing I love most about Inside Tracker is that they have a strict science back approach to everything they do. If your specific biomarker is not optimized, Inside Tracker will provide recommendations that are backed by dozens of peer reviewed studies and personalized to you. The process was set in place by their founders that includes experts on genetics and aging from places like Harvard and MIT. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up at insidetracker.com slash food heaven. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture on what's going on inside your bod, along with other science back recommendations to optimize your health, visit insidetracker.com slash food heaven today. So how often should you wash your hair? Because I've heard everything from every other day, which is what my mom does, to every month. <laughs> so does it depend mm-hmm. on the texture? Yes, it depends on, you know, I know people always hate it when you say it depends, but it really does. Like, you know, we're just so yeah. individual. But I would say probably every seven to 10 days max. Once a month, is is not I mean that's not a lot at all and I think that's when we really can get into a lot of like scalp issues things like that mm. like build up I like anywhere between like seven to ten days like I said if, you, if it's someone who has like a lot of you know scalp build up or they're using a lot of products on their scalp or someone who's like sweating a lot um, or work in environments where there's they're exposed to lots of debris on their scalp probably need to, you know, shampoo it a little bit more often. But for the average person, I think every seven to to 10 days is pretty good regimen. Okay. That leads me to another question because with these protective styles, and I'm going to use air quotes, I feel like they're not very protective for Mm -hmm. me. And Mm -hmm. actually like a lot of my hair falls out when I do these braids, even when I get like just cornrows with my own hair it's like a lot of my hair falls out and I know that like I've spoken to hairstylists and stuff and they're like oh well that's what would normally come out Mm -hmm. if you you know like it's the accumulation basically over several weeks and Mm -hmm. you know but it's not (laughs) for me it's like chunks of hair and I don't know now that you're saying you know this information about the buildup on the scalp and like you know, I think for most people, they're they're probably not going to be washing their hair if they have braids in there. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on this? Like, are protective styles actually protective, especially like, you know, the braids, the cornrows, like things like that, mm-hmm. even the weaves, because the weaves, you're just you just have your hair, you know, like braided up and then but you're not washing it, you know, every seven days, like you said. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't even know where the term came from, protective style, because I, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if they're even as protective, you know, yeah. as in, in, you know, some of the stuff we see on social media with the wigs and the wig glue and the braids. I'm like, there's no way, you know, that these guys could believe that these things are really helping, helping your hair. So 
I would say there's like a scale, right? Some of them are more protective than the others. And then it it also comes down to technique. Who's doing it? How are they doing it? In your specific case, when you're talking about the cornrows, you're just getting it braided with your hair. I think I think there is some truth to you know what some of the stylists you were speaking to said because typically hair you shed about fifty to a hundred hairs a day. So if we are going seven days without you know detangling the hair, you would expect somewhere around like seven hundred hairs to come out at one time, which can look like chunks of hair. I would say if you're noticing like decreased density is that what you're noticing like after you take out your your hair or you noticing like bald spots I noticed definitely some thinning like Mm -hmm. around the edges and then there's also like you know my toilet looks like there's an animal in there because there's so much (laughs) hair (laughs) it's like it's a lot you know and I know because like when I wash my hair every week I have some hair that Mm -hmm. comes out but it's it's a little bit it's you Mm -hmm. know it's maybe like a little like a little ball of hair but I'm telling you it's like a lot yeah like it's a little scary yeah yeah well, yeah, if you're definitely if, if you're noticing like just decreased density, like if you're noticing like that much hair, then it probably is like that style. It wasn't the best for you. You know, even with like the small braids, like we think that it like to us, it doesn't seem like it's pulling. But for a tiny hair strand like that can be really, really heavy, especially over long periods of time if we're not ha- you know having breaks. And then also with different hair textures. Some hair textures are a lot finer and they really can't take that much of the extra weave and or even the pulling from the different protective styles. Most definitely protective styles where, you know, the hair is covered for, you know, two and three months. I've even seen like some people off like braiders like offer like touch-ups like after three, oh yeah after three months and it's like no like we should be we should be offering to take them down like three months is a really long time to not have your yeah. hair shampooed and detangled and so when you start to take those braids down you've had them in for three and a half months there's gonna be a lot of shed hairs which can lead to those shed hairs you know causing really lots of knots and tangles because we really do want to be detangling our hair and getting out those shed hairs on a regular basis so I I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship with Protective South. I know they're super easy. You know, we love we love them. But when we start to neglect the health of our hair, you know, over these protective styles, then, you know, we really are doing more harm than good. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. Then people are so tight with the, with the braids. Yes. I go in so- and I'm like... <laughs> I want the braid falling off the strand loose. Like yes. I want it just slipping down. Yes. It looks like I've had it in for six months and they're like, oh yes. yeah, I got you. And it's like my forehead is like facelift mm-hmm. pulled back. <laughs> I'm like, no, yes. no, 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 no. I need to be able to bend my head over and not yes. feel anything, child. Yeah, yes. I'm one of those with this very fine hair and I made the mistake of thinking I could get my hair braided this summer and pretty much all my hair fell out and it was a density thing. And people mm-hmm. are like, no, your hair is full. It's not. It just is an optical illusion. Mm-hmm. It's like this. Yeah. It's like a straw thin if it's wet. So mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out, like, can I get my hair back or is it just over? Yeah. 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 It's definitely a journey. Like I, I experienced that after like this very traumatic styling experience last year. And I mean, I feel like I'm still getting 
back on track, you know, in getting my hair back because it's the hair cycle takes about three months. So like it, it really is a long-term journey of restoring your hair after, you know, experiences like that. Okay. Cause it's been more than three months and it's still not back. Oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. been like six plus months. Right. So, so three months, your hair, your hair grows about half of an inch to an inch per month. Okay. So if it's been six months, say your hair maybe has grown back like three inches. But even what's growing, right. Even what's growing Mm -hmm. back and sorry not to make this like about Mm me, (laughs) but (laughs) even what's growing back is thin. It's Mm. almost like it took everything out and damaged the follicles too, Mm. because it's not actually I think I might have to just shave my head and start over. Do you ever recommend mm. that to people? Like you just need to start over, girl? Or do you think it can be a slow process and like transition with trimming and things like that? Mm-hmm. I have not recommended that <laughs> to most people. I mean, because I don't know a whole bunch of people who would actually do that. But I think that like, then we'd probably need to look at the scalp. Like, Mm. is it inflamed? Like, are the follicles inflamed? Is that why the hair that's growing back not healthy? And if so, work on some anti-inflammatory, you know, topicals and and internal as well. So. Mm. Okay. And like, but these styles, how long do you recommend keeping them in? Because like you said, you know, oftentimes the goal is like, a few months. Mm-hmm. And that's almost like a marker of like how good the braider is. It's like how long <laughs> right. you're able yes. to keep them in. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, should it actually be maybe like three weeks? Like how long should you be keeping yeah. in these styles yeah. for? This is such a difficult conversation because like these styles, I mean, it, they take, you're there all day long, you know, right. and it's, and they cost a lot of right. money. It's a, it took a whole check to pay right. for it, right. you know? <laughs> and so it's like to say four weeks is like, oh, absolutely not. Like, I'm not going to take this down after, yeah. you know, after just four weeks. But I really think about three to four weeks is probably, you know, as long as we need to be keeping in some of these styles, especially again, if they're styles that we can't get to our scalp, we can't, you know, massage our scalp and cleanse our scalp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, like the knotless braids are something that's really popular these days and the knotless braids, it's really hard to shampoo them and still keep them looking good, you know, because right. they, they slide. And so a lot of people don't want to shampoo their hair with them because they make them look frizzy. So yeah, that makes it difficult too. So yeah, 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 that makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready to take them off after two weeks, if I'm (laughs) being honest. But then I'm like, damn, like you said, I'm like, I just spent all this Mm -hmm. money, like all this time. It's Mm -hmm. an investment. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) And nowadays the prices are pretty extort. Well, and I get it because people are, they're spending their whole day braiding yeah. your hair essentially so I understand that they have yeah. to make a fair wage it's just tricky when you can only in a healthy way keep the mm-hmm. whatever style in for two weeks and it's like well mm-hmm. is it really worth it for me the only protective style is like the by Felicia braids <laughs> where, <laughs> where you're just like braiding your own hair and letting it you know do its own thing and yeah. have that in for yeah, I don't even know how long, like maybe a week. And, and that yeah. feels actually protective. Any thoughts on mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I 
and that's what I was going to say. Like, it's, again, the whole conversation is hard because, like, we live in America and there's yeah. a beauty standard and, you know, we want to look a certain way, but it's also like we also want our hair to be healthy, you know, and I think, I really do think those are some of the most most protective styles when we put our hair in two-strand twists, wear, mm-hmm. wear those down or wear them in a bun or, you know, do some flat twists or some, you know, things like that because we're not pulling at our hair our hair is able to do its thing. We didn't take all day. We have to spend a whole bunch of money doing it so we can take it down comfortably, you know, in seven to 10 days. I think those are really some of the best. But like I said, it is hard when we also have to, we live in this space where sometimes Mm -hmm. those styles aren't seen as professional, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to navigate. So I really just try to help people figure out like the best way possible to kind of marry both. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, because my favorite protective style are like the doodle twists. Mm-hmm. But like, I be looking crazy when I go outside with them. I'm like, oh my God. I try to like make them look a little better, like put on a headband or something. But it's just, you know, yeah. but that's ideal for me because mm-hmm. it's like there's Same. not all this pressure pulling, you know, on the hair. It's able to breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing too. I feel like with a lot of these styles, like your hair is not even like fully drying properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I don't even know if that's a thing like if your hair needs oxygen mm-hmm. but for some of this stuff I'm like there's literally no air going mm-hmm. into the hair strand is that even important mm-hmm. like well I will say for this for the hair no because actually the hair is a dead tissue so the minute oh, it comes okay. out of the scalp it's a dead tissue but it is important for your scalp your scalp is a part of your skin right so okay. it definitely is important so the styles where you know like you are it's like dark and wet and that's like breeding ground for bacteria there's yeah. no you know oxygen there so absolutely right. like we de- your scalp definitely needs it but for your hair no your your hair doesn't need oxygen that's Great so point. interesting because i'm you know thinking of the wigs too it's mm-hmm. like oh maybe that'll be a transition but i yeah i feel like the best protective is just your own hair kind mm-hmm. of right? <laughs> yeah. and maybe it's a marketing scheme who knows okay medical conditions because I know that is your area of expertise and I think also I will say full disclosure one reason probably why my hair feels thinner too is because I'm going through primary ovarian insufficiency which is basically like early menopause and so I think that that definitely and and thyroid disease as well so I'm sure those have an impact that I'm just now seeing but can you talk about that and any other medical conditions that might affect Mm -hmm. your hair yeah so hormones like Absolutely. So your our, our hair is very, very sensitive to any change. I don't preface this by saying that our hair is a non-essential tissue, which means that our body doesn't require it to live. And I always say mm. like, like we feel like we would die if we didn't have our hair, you know, we like, that would be the end, the end of it. But we, our body doesn't really need our hair to survive. Right. So it's going to prioritize all of our other, you know, functions over growing hair. Although the hair requires a lot of energy, it's one of the fastest growing tissues in our body. It requires a lot of energy. It's very low on the totem pole when it comes to the priorities. So any any types of changes in hormones are, are definitely going to impact the hair strand. So menopause, that transition, right? Because there's a decrease in estrogen, a decrease in progesterone, and those are can be very protective of the hair follicle estrogen 
can help extend the antigen phase. The antigen phase is the growth phase. So estrogen can help extend that phase. Progesterone can help balance out the effects of DHT. So DHT is a hormone that attacks the hair follicle and mm-hmm. and causes the process of miniaturization. So, you know, with you may have seen it in like uh like women who are going through menopause, they start to like lose hair straight down the middle. That's typically seen as like female pattern hair loss. And it's not like a drastic hair loss. It's a progressive hair loss. That's the process of miniaturization. So the hair underneath the surface, the hair follicle is being attacked by DHT. And so each hair cycle, the hair grows back thinner and thinner and Mm. thinner. So menopause, that hormonal hair hair loss, female pattern hair loss can happen in conditions like PCOS because there is an excess amount of androgens. So those androgens are converted to DHT, which then impact the hair follicle thyroid issues most definitely because thyroid is responsible for setting the pace of all the cells in our body. And so thyroid condition can definitely impact hair loss. Also, another thing that we see a lot with thyroid issues is like super dry, brittle hair as well. (laughs) Hypertension, hypertension, also hypertension medications Mm. can impact the hair loss. We usually see it like right at the, the, the vertex, the crown of the head. Postpartum for sure, because postpartum is a lot of things going on there. So there's like the stress of going through childbirth. There is the changes in hormones. So during, while you're pregnant, the, proge- the progesterone and estrogen that's sustaining the pregnancy are elevated. And like I mentioned, those hormones are supporting the hair growth cycle. And so, I mean, the, the um, yeah, the hair growth cycle, the antigen phase. And so when, you know, after childbirth, those, horm- those hormones go back into its normal state. And so all the hairs that were kind of spared that would have come out during the previous nine months, they then all come out all at one time. So then there's a postpartum hair loss due to the hormones. There's like the the loss due to the stress of, you know, childbirth. And then there's also the changes in nutrition. So, you know, potential undernutrition there that are kind of causing the, the hair loss as well. So there's usually a lot of things happening with postpartum hair loss. And then gut issues. Hmm can impact the hair as well. There is a link actually between IBS and alopecia areata. So there's definitely like some gut issues, even if, you know, someone doesn't have IBS, like just not properly digesting and absorbing nutrients that the hair needs can negatively like impact the hair because the the hair isn't able to get those nutrients. So Mm. yeah, a lot of things that can kind of go on that can impact the hair. So fascinating. Is there anything you can do to help? Or is it just kind of like, eh, it is what it yeah. is? Yeah, absolutely. So that's, I mean, pretty much what I do in my practice is help people through these conditions to help them support their hair. So what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or what's like, <laughs> like whether it's nutrition, what are like uh-huh. maybe three key uh-huh. things people can leave with that's like either you're going through these things or you're just like, I want my hair to be strong and healthy. Mm -hmm. Gosh, there's so many different things depending on, you know, the specific condition, but I would say just like the basics of nutrition. So like making sure people are eating enough 
food and eating optimally. You know, we live in a world where diet culture is running rampant. Lots of people are under eating, especially, you know, like women, like we're, you know, typically under eating and definitely under eating and protein, which the hair is made up of 75% protein. And so just making sure we're eating enough, like we're eating regularly, our body is not like going through phases of like starvation. Again, that's this thing sending signal to the body to not really optimize hair growth if we're, you know, starved for half of the day. So make sure we're eating enough food. And then usually a lot of people ask like, you know, is there certain foods I need to eat for, you know, hair growth? I mean, we can start to get into the, some of the specifics, but usually eating a pretty solid, like balanced diet with, you know, proteins, fats, carbohydrates, focusing on your micronutrients and color will usually do the trick. Taking excess of vitamins usually isn't necessary. There's not a bunch of research to support like taking extra biotin will help your hair grow faster. It's usually it's usually when there's a deficiency, correcting that deficiency is when mm-hmm. we, we see an improvement in hair growth. So eating, like make sure you're eating enough, like meeting your, your nutrient needs, focusing on your macronutrients and your micronutrients, you know, color, all of those. And then I would say probably just supporting your your hair topically. So improving scalp health. So paying attention to your scalp, giving yourself, you know, your scalp a good massage, avoiding putting heavy products and oils and things like that on your scalp. And then, you know, after that, like seeing like a professional for, for sure who can help get you like on the right track. So love that. All right. Well, we have so many questions that listeners submitted. So we were thinking about doing a fire round where we just shoot them at you and you try your best to answer them quickly. You're going to keep it snappy. You don't have to elaborate. Um, All right. So I'll ask the first one. Does rosemary oil work for hair growth? And what about other growth oils? Rosemary, yes. Other growth oils, they've already still, still out. Okay. So, okay. So you put it in your head like once a month or? So rosemary oil, remember the scalp, we want to put it on the scalp, not the hair, the scalp. So rosemary oil was actually researched against a very popular minoxidil hair growth oil, and it actually performed pretty similarly. So I like rosemary oil for the scalp. All the other ones, I don't really, I mean, I don't know. There's not, there's not really a way to figure out like the potency of all the different herbs, especially the ones that just like people just kind of throw all these dried herbs into oil and it looks cool. Like, is that working? I don't know, potentially, but I know that rosemary 2% has evidence that it works for hair growth. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. Does hair porosity matter? Yes, to an extent. Yes, to an extent, but it can change depending on like what you do to your hair. So porosity is really just like the, the outer layer, the cuticle of your hair, like how porous it is. And it can change, you know, if you are, if your hair is really damaged, it can be more porous because there's more ga- gaps and holes. You know, if your hair gets colored, things like that, like, it can change. So, okay. Dandruff. There were a lot of questions about dandruff and what can help with it. I like zinc, salicylic acid, changes in diet for sure can impact your sebaceous gland, changes in regimen, like we talked about. Are you even shampooing your hair enough? Or like, are you the way that you're shampooing it? Like, so your technique, tea tree oil can help. So yeah, those are some of my top ones. Does collagen actually help with hair? 
So the hair is made up of collagen. However, is your body using the collagen that you're eating to support the hair growth specifically? We don't necessarily know because again, the hair is a non-essential tissue. So if your body needs collagen for your joints, it's going to take the use the collagen there or your gut versus, you know, putting it to your hair. So. So is it good to take collagen supplements or do you feel like there's not enough research to support yet? I think there's not a whole bunch of research to support it yet. There is one specific brand that makes a collagen product that they claim also has like receptors in it that is that goes directly to your skin and your scalp. So potentially more research and more products like that that have that are specifically targeted with ingredients that will go to that area that's needed might help. But just taking collagen supplements, I mean, if it doesn't hurt and you want to do it, maybe, but is it necessarily the thing that's going to support your hair growth? I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Great answer. And I feel like it's all personal. I like the taste of the collagen. Well, it doesn't mm-hmm. have a taste. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's nice for getting some amino yeah. acids, I guess. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially if you're already, if your diet is pretty low in protein, adding it is a really easy way. So. Right. What are your favorite go-to products for all the things that you mentioned? Because I think a lot of folks like me are like, mm, I want to buy you know, mm-hmm. stuff that has these things that are studied. Mm-hmm. Are there brands you like? Yeah. So um, a lot of people ask me this question. So I actually started like this thing on my Instagram where I'm doing like a main pick Ooh. each week. So I like be talking about like the products and I'll just like save them on my highlights. But I usually am looking for like, I'm looking at the ingredient label versus like looking at the product specific, the product brand specifically. So, but I do have a few that I like. So like Taraji P. Henson, she came out with the brand and I like her exfoliant. It has like comb tooths on it. So you're able to apply it directly to the scalp. Let's see. Girl and Hair is a brand. It was formulated by a dermatologist and it really focuses on scalp health, especially when you are doing different types of styles where you can't really get to your hair. So I like Girl and Hair. Melanin Hair Care is, I really like their brand. They have a really nice leave-in conditioner and also shampoo that already comes with an applicator bottle. So you're able to apply it directly to the scalp. It is a very like detoxifying shampoo. This is going to sound kind of weird, but I actually like teach a Trader Joe's. They have a really good conditioner. I love them. Yes. Yes. It's so hydrating. Yes. I love their conditioner and it's super like the ingredients. They're just like a bunch of herbs and plants. Um, It has a lot of like really good slip. So I like their conditioner as well. So. Yes, their Nourish yes. Spa and their tea tree one is also mm-hmm. really yeah. good yeah. too. Yeah, their tea tree one. Yes, yes, yes. And it's so, so cheap for such a big bottle. So Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. where I'm going this weekend. <laughs> right. I know. I have to go there for so many things, including my conditioner. That's the only conditioner I use. Mm-hmm. And it's so cheap. Okay, I have one last question. And this is my question <laughs> submitted by Wendy. Um, because there's like, I feel like there's so much pressure to have long hair, mm-hmm. especially for black women. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have it, and it's hard because there's so many different types of textures amongst black hair. And like personally speaking, my hair has never grown past a certain length. It just mm-hmm. doesn't for whatever reason. And I feel like w- we need to talk about that and just 
you know, have some honest conversation because I think there's a lot of these hair goals that might be unrealistic for many people because it's just like, you know, you have your own unique hair and, Mm -hmm. you know, and your genetics. So what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, I'm sure you've had people come to you who are like, I want, you know, hair that's, I don't know, like up to my butt or like whatever. And it's like, is that actually going to happen? I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like the black girl long hair type of story. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I I don't know. That hasn't been my experience. Yeah. And, and I think with that, we have to have like very similar conversations like that we have like as dietitians and we're talking to people like around like body, body expectations, you know, and like what their body can do. Because like your hair, again, is a part of your body and your genetics definitely play a role in, you know, how long your hair grows, the texture of your hair, the even the luster, the shine of your hair. Right. All, all of that plays a role. Genetics play a role in all of that. And I always just say like good hair is really like the best that your hair can do when you give it all that it needs. And I think we, again, we live in a world, especially with social media and things like that. Like we're looking at everyone else and we're you like, we're, we're kind of using them as like the standard, like, Ooh, they have that. I want that, you know, or, Oh, their hair grows like that. So let me, let me buy what they are, what they're selling, yeah. you know, let me eat what they're eating so that, or let me take that supplement that they're selling because their hair looks like that. And it it really could just be because those are their genetics, mm-hmm, you know, right. it really could, you know, it's not because of, you know, the biotin that they're taking or whatever. So yeah, it, it really is kind of a hard to a hard conversation because again, like we can't be ignorant to the world that we live in and what our clients are exposed to. But at the same time, I really like have to help support them and kind of counsel them through those feelings to help them like see that like your hair is good mm-hmm. just as it is right we're, we're you know there might be some things kind of going on internally but we're supporting them and once we are able to like get you through those things like you have to truly believe that your hair is good hair regardless of what anyone else's hair looks like so yeah I love that Love it. Well, in wrapping, can you let our listeners know how they can learn more about you, the work that you're doing, where to find you on social or if they want to work with you? Yeah. So my website is feedingtheroot.com. I'm on Instagram at your hair nutritionist. So I post just, you know, fun educational content on there. Like I said, I do main picks on Monday. So I share like my favorite product and why, uh, whether it's a hair product or like a supplement or, you know, food, things like that. So you guys can follow me there. And I am licensed as a dietitian in the state of Tennessee, so I can work virtually. But as a trichologist, I can work anywhere in the States. So if anyone needs support, you can find me at my website at www.feedingtheroot.com. Also really quick before we wrap up for everybody who is here waiting for the word to get the DM with all the products and things, the word is hair. So send us a DM with hair and we'll send you the product so you don't have to write anything down. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at Food Heaven, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Food Heaven Show. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. 
Yep, our podcast is released every Wednesday, and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health, and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.